Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Bite Size Podcast. My name's Clayton and you can find me on Twitter at ClaytonAFC. Uh, I'm usually either hosting this or joined by Nima, but Nima's out of action uh, this week and I was struggling to find someone that could jump on like we usually do when Nima's not available. So I thought we've had two games, two mixed games, obviously one, well, thumped Bournemouth 4-0 and then disappointingly lost 2-1 away at Lons. And I thought, why not just do a solo kind of informal chat about the games? I think usually on this, we obviously go into a lot of kind of tactical detail. We look at the match stats, we look at the passing diagrams, and uh, we use an account on Twitter called Mark Our Stats Bot a lot, and obviously look at lots of different data points and see if we can add any context to that. So I just thought, why not? Let's just go for something a bit different this week and just have a kind of casual chat, see what comes to mind. I've got no plan, no agenda, no notes. So it could be a car crash. Bear with me, but uh, give give feedback if it's something you enjoy, dislike. Um, yeah, let us know if it's something you want more or never again sort of thing. So obviously the lens game was the most recent, but I'm going to go back to Bournemouth first um, to happier times. So yeah, 4-0 away at Bournemouth, obviously great result. So I guess starting at the team news. So the ga- the team for that game was obviously Ryan goal and the kind of standard back for it was White, Saliba, Gabriel, Zinchenko. Midfield three of Rice, Odegaard, Havertz. And then the front three was Saka and Ketia Jesus. And obviously going into that weekend, there was lots of, um, yeah, confusion, I'd say. And yeah, a lot of people just really unsure in terms of what the team news would be because Arteta said I'm trying to get the timeline right in my head he he was talking about Rice wasn't training Saka hadn't trained and this was all after um, the midweek Brentford game the week before as well there was a few under a few other injury doubts have kind of escaped me now but yeah Rice was one Saka was one I think Trossard was obviously another and um yeah, there was a lot. Uh, Vieira, that was another one. He was talking about he he hadn't trained. And then Saliba, he said he had a knock. So it was kind of going into the weekend thinking, Jesus Christ, this is a, this could be a bit of a car crash in terms of lineups. And uh, there was a lot of diversity on Twitter in terms of predicted 11s and what people would and wouldn't do. But then the team came out and it was basically everyone was fit. And um, the night before, actually, one of the regular listeners, Tommy, Tommy Gunn, he um, obviously lives in Bournemouth and he went to the, I think it was like the team hotel or something. And obviously went there and he posted a video which absolutely went viral. He saw Saka was there, um, obviously pictured Rice, Saliba. Um, yeah, so I think it was one of those kind of standard things the night before. You uh, obviously tend to get a few leaks and some snippets of information. And yeah, that's what happened. And once you see Rice is in the squad, Saka's in the squad, you think they're going to start. Although... And I know people, like, this is the kind of elephant in the room, right? The kind of sacker injury against Lens, Lons, however you want to pronounce them. There's hindsight opinions, and then there's kind of opinions that you know you had prior to the information that came out, which is now his injury. My opinion at the time was, I thought he would start both games. Whether I agreed or wanted that was another thing. I think we could have played him against Bournemouth. Uh, I thought we could have rested him, sorry, against Bournemouth. And Champions League, I feel like this is why I'm saying it's not hindsight with me because I think in the Champions League, in this early stage, you're not going to rest and rotate players. I mean, yeah, sorry, you will rotate, but I don't think it's 
you kind of give people like Saka a breather. I think you give someone like Ben White a breather like he did on Tuesday because you've got someone like Tomiyasu who's lined up there. When when you're looking at someone like Saka and his importance and you look at the drop-off in quality, which there still is, like we all say, let's give him a rest, give him a rest. But you look at the backup options and they're not really pulling up any trees, in my opinion, uh, when they're getting the chance. Um and so, yeah, I personally would have liked him rested against Bournemouth because even what I'm saying, the backups are not pulling up any trees. It's the level of opposition. I think you can afford to do that against a Bournemouth um, where it's not quite a hostile environment and atmosphere, which we saw it was at Lens um, on Tuesday. So, yeah, team, like I said, team came out, no injury doubts. Um, so the team was kind of as strong as you can get. He uh, obviously went for Jesus on the left again um, and Nketiah up top. And yeah, the general game was enjoyable. It was a nice free-flowing football. Um, yeah, I thought our patterns of play were really nice. There were a few really good moves in the game. And yeah, we generally controlled and dominated the game. And I think this was a nice one for me because even though we've been unbeaten in the Premier League so far, I feel like a lot of the games have been quite... I've been anxious and I haven't had that kind of level of, oh, I can just sit back and relax and enjoy this, which we had a lot of last year, especially the early half of the season. And so that, that from that angle and perspective, I found that really enjoyable on, sat, on Saturday against Bournemouth. And um yeah, it just felt something that we were never really in danger, it felt. And yeah, obviously the scoreline kind of reflected that, even the stats. So I'm using FOTMOB here. Um, you look at the expected goals, and I know two of them were obviously penalties. Um, wait, was it two penalties? Uh, yeah, it was two penalties. Um, yeah, but you're looking at the expected goals, and it was 3.43 to 0.64. We had 15 shots to their eight, but more importantly, eight shots on target to their one. And it was just, yeah, really impressive performance. Um, obviously, the XG is kind of padded with the penalties. But, yeah, just going through the goals, obviously, Saka got us off the mark with the header five yards out or so uh, in the 17th minute. And I thought that was a really nice move as well, the way we kind of move left to right, get someone isolated on the right, get Odegaard in that pocket of space to get the cross in. And that is a move that we have seen choreographed and rehearsed so often. Like the kind of football IQ of this team to just rehearse these moves, regardless of the opposition, regardless of opposition structures, it's just on autopilot. So um, that was really impressive. Uh, and then it was just before half time. obviously, get the second penalty, which um, we're doing the rotational penalties. So Saka gave it to Odegaard, he tucked that away, and I'm thinking, yeah, nice, this is very cushy, going in half-time 2-0, and then in my head, I'm thinking, okay, try get a third after half-time in the second half and see if we can flex the squad a bit, rotate those legs. Um, and then quite short after halftime, I think it was kind of, well, I've got it here, 53rd minute. Um, I think it was Odegaard that got clattered for that one. Uh, I can't remember the order of the second or the third penalty. But um, And then obviously Kai Havertz uh, gets his first goal for the Arsenal. And I've seen a lot of people kind of making digs about this. And I'm not going to lie. I think if it wasn't an Arsenal team or player... I'd probably be taking the piss myself because of the kind of pity angle, but it's not an opposition team. It's our team. And uh, I, I love that kind of culture that they've kind of harnessed in in the Arsenal right now. And yeah, I think it was quite telling that they're all aware of this kind of elephant in the room and him 
not obviously having any returns so far. I think his defensive work's been great. I've spoken a lot, obviously, about kind of wanting more and feeling like his defensive contribution is fantastic. And if anything, that was the thing I, I like many others, wasn't sure how he'd do. Um, but that's been very good. It's been the proactive, urgent, off-the-ball movement offensively that's been disappointing for me. And uh, like output, weirdly, I'm not really concerned about. I feel like that's something that there's so much variance in that. And that that will come with time if you're getting in the right areas consistently. I just think for me, it's that position as the kind of left eight and what it unlocks for the wider team. I've just personally not seen enough in terms of that proactive off the ball offensive movement. So, um, but ignoring all of that, it was really nice for him to get his first goal. And you, obviously that everyone's got that song stuck in their head. That Samina, Amina, eh, eh. Uh, everyone's got that song stuck in their head. Uh, the away end was bouncing as always best, best away fans in the league, in my opinion. Um, yeah. So Things were very cushy. Havertz had scored his first goal. And then uh, we obviously looked to kind of flex the squad. Like I said, we made, made a couple of subs. Uh, Tommy Asu and Nelson came on for Zinchenko and Enketia. Uh, and then Saka had uh, one of those knocks again. Um, and everyone was thinking the same thing. Uh, and he went off for Vieira. Havertz went off, Rice went off, and uh, Smith Rowe and Jorginho came on. And then final minute of the game, big Benny White, Mr. Consistent, Mr. 8, 9 out of 10 every week. He um, obviously grabs himself a nice little goal and, uh, yeah, wrapped off pretty perfect performance at night. And, um, yeah, so then that's Bournemouth. Like, I haven't really got much to kind of add from that, really. I think it's one of those, had we done a pod straight after the Bournemouth game you're probably it's probably something you're kind of lapping it up you're milking things because it was such a nice 4-0 routine win which we haven't really had so far this season um but well other than PSV but I mean dom domestically in the league but I'm not doing this straight after Bournemouth we've uh <laughs> gone into the lens game and uh I don't know what everyone's vibe was pre-match but I Perhaps, well, it wasn't perhaps, it was very naive. Uh, I was very naively confident going into that game because I think I'm someone that when people talk about these kind of intimidating, hostile atmospheres, I just think I get it and I agree, but how do you combat and counteract that? And, my, and in, my, in my opinion, it's that kind of complete technical suffocation. Can you just completely take the game and kill it? And I don't mean kill it by winning 3-4-0. I just mean knock the ball about to death, move their structures, quiet the crowd, like take away any adrenaline shots that the crowd can get. And that's why I feel quite comfortable about this Arsenal team going to hostile environments because I think the technical quality of this team is one of the best around and the ability well, the profiles we've got have the ability to do that. We've just not quite seen it consistently happen so far. And it's early days, obviously, it's um, yeah, less than 10 games into the season. So, yeah, but that's where my kind of headspace was at going into the game, more to illustrate where I was at. And then, um, again, we're kind of thinking, oh, well, how's Saka going to be? And then we saw he trained. So you think, OK, he's trained, he's fine. Came out that Trossard train, party was back. So the squad's suddenly looking strong. And then a uh, lineup comes out. So it was obviously Ryer in goal. Tommy Asu in for White, which I actually, again, not hindsight, 
pre-match. I really liked that. I thought, okay, that's an area where we've got the depth. Uh, White's played a lot. He played against Brentford in the Cup as well. It's somewhere where you can afford to rotate. And I personally don't think the le- obviously Ben White's a better player, but I don't think the level drop off is substantial enough to not make that move. So I liked that pretty much. And then obviously the rest of the back four was as expected Saliba, Gabriel, Zinchenko, midfield three of Rice, Odegaard, Havertz, and then front three of Saka, Jesus, Trossard. So Trossard was available. And I guess just go and play it. I'm not going to go player by player, but just kind of looking back to the front. So Raya, I thought, I guess rewind against Bournemouth was fantastic in the, his distribution and everything. And he, I, I'm not adding any value by saying this. I know this has been covered to death by every pod and I've seen it all over Twitter, but that kind of left centre-back area he's occupying. And there was that one move, which again, I'm sure most people have seen has done the rounds against Bournemouth where he's just holding, 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 and then Zinchenko's free and he just sets them and they've gone. And I think that was like the seventh or eighth minute. And against uh, Lenz, I thought he, he was okay. But then obviously... It was, there was that period where I'm trying to look at the kind of timeline event of events here. So, yeah, we were 1-0 up and um, just felt like, yeah, so rather than going player by player, let me just talk about the timeline of events. So I personally thought that first seven minutes was really roller coaster in the sense it felt like they had all of it for periods and then we'd have a couple of minutes where it was all of us and we're kind of knocking it about nicely trying to take the sting out of the game and then it kind of flipped and it flipped back again and then we obviously had a period of play where we were doing well and then um yeah it was a transition I guess from them where like they made a mistake sack of pounce played it into Jesus and bang what a finish that is and uh, that is the kind of level in the Champions League you don't get these consistent clear chances um so when you get a half one you have to put them away and when you get a clear one like trossard later you have to be burying that um but anyway so we're one new up 14 minutes and then this is where i spoke a, a few minutes ago about the kind of technical aptitude of these players being the, the potential is top quality the technical level of this team is unbelievable but it's the execution it's still not quite there that's where in my opinion you have to then go and take the game and just kill it and i thought to be fair i thought we were doing that okay um but then this is where the kind of raya mistake happens and i get it you're gonna have mistakes when you play this way and that's part and parcel of the game but i think there's times in a game where you make that pass and there's times where you just don't and that the distance from where he was to where he was trying to play it to Tomiyasu, that is large. And you look at the kind of opposition structure, and if you equate the two, the if sorry, if you equate the two and you're looking at the kind of distance that you have to pass the ball and the number of opposition players that are in that area, you're giving yourself a bit of a challenge to execute that pass. And again, that that's the kind of fine margins and in my opinion, kind of tactical maturity. I just don't think you need to be making that pass in that spell of the game we were doing well we were knocking it about we were yeah in control and then obviously they um what a finish though um yeah it was annoyingly a very good finish kind of on the half bounce caught it really sweet and it curled round but yeah really annoying just didn't need to give them any sniff back into that game and then obviously we did and then flipping 10 minutes later Saka goes down and I know it's one of those where we all have become accustomed to kind of Saka going down like, oh, crap, Saka's injured, but it'll be OK. This one, I'm not sure, you know. He, um, obviously, I was watching this at home on the telly. Like, this is the first game that I haven't either been at or not been in a pub at 
in a long time. First game I've just watched at home on my own on the telly. And uh, yeah, as a result, was able to kind of pick up when he was kind of communicating with the physio and he was pointing and saying, oh, it's my hamstring. And that's just never great. Um, that's not an impact thing. That's a muscle injury. And uh, yeah, obviously you have to wait for the presser and see how what the update is there, but just slightly concerning. So uh, that changed the course of the game. And then Vieira coming on for Saka was interesting. I think at the time I was thinking, okay, he's kind of wanting that element of control here. Um, but yeah, I found that quite an interesting sub rather than just going Nelson, who, okay, granted, he doesn't look as impressive on the right, let's say. But um, yeah, I just still found it an interesting sub. But in general, I think, obviously, so yeah, before I get onto the kind of summary of the game, second half, it was another one. I just felt like first half, it was we weathered a storm quite well, got into a period where we were controlling it and we we're creating half chances and stuff. And then just a mistake let them back into the game. And then that was it. We never really got a foothold again, in my opinion. And then second half, it was the same. I just, they completely, we just couldn't really get a 10, 15 minute sustained period. And we were getting into good areas in moments but this is what I've said this a few times this season and I get in the league it's been the nature of the opponents and kind of deep blocks and it provides a different challenge but in this game I just felt like we were getting into the final third but not really making anything clear happen and that's why I mentioned earlier like when you get a chance like Trossard's which timeline of events I want to say it was quite early in the second half I may have that wrong and I'm sure someone will correct me but still when you're in that position you have to be burying that and uh, I don't want to go player by player and pick on performances but Trossard is someone that's been interesting for me because he off the bench over the well since he's joined has always <laughs> influenced the game right and I'm sure yeah, I, I I don't have the stats off the top of my head, but I feel like every game off the bench, he kind of has a goal, has an assist, has a key action. Uh, and there's been the odd game, especially last season, where he was kind of playing that false nine, and I thought he was doing it really well. But this year, he, so he's not quite there. And uh, that's harsh because he's obviously had limited minutes. But I remember the Fulham game, he kind of finally got the chance, deserved a chance to start, didn't really take full advantage of that. On Tuesday, I thought, ah, a uh, thing that I think has kind of gone under the radar, Everton, obviously, he uh, he scored, he won us the game. I actually thought he was poor when he came on, though. And I feel like because he scored, that's kind of completely been ignored. And I'm not saying this to slag him off. It's just an observation. And in that game, I thought his touch, which for someone, I look at him when I think of kind of technical ability as one of the best around, he's comfortable on both feet really good close control looks after the ball and distributes and circulates really well but against Everton I thought his touch was poor I thought there was a lot of yeah loose touches and it was the same on Tuesday there was just a lot of under hit passes wrong decision making poor first touch and there was a lot of that to him and I don't know if that's a rustiness thing when you're not consistently playing but it's just something that I've noticed and yeah I guess just without over analyzing he just didn't really perform to the best of his ability and obviously have to kind of give him the benefit of the doubt. He's just come back from an injury. So there is that. But yeah, I found that disappointing. Um, yeah. And then obviously their second goal is a very, another very good finish. But it's just it's disappointing in the way we were defending and the kind of space he had to attack that openly. And 
it just never really felt like we were going to go and do anything. And then obviously he, he, that was the other thing. That was in the 69th minute. I felt like the 10, 15 minutes before that, we were rocking. And again, this is something that maybe the, it probably is hindsight, but at the same time, I'm not sure it is. Cause I remember I was just sat there thinking you need to change something. We just didn't have a foothold on the game at all. And then obviously immediately after the goal, we um, makes a triple sub. It was Ben White, Nelson and Smith Rowe on for Zinchenko, Trossard, Havertz. Zinchenko was an interesting one. He is one of the bravest people in football in terms of the positions he takes up, his authority to demand the ball regardless of who's around him. But I thought he was quite disappointing on Tuesday, uh, in my opinion. So, yeah, and then made that triple sub. But it just... And then Enketia came on for Odegaard later on. But it just never really felt that we were... Classic technical issue there. Uh, connection dropped. So sorry for that interruption. But yeah, what I was saying was it just never felt like we were going to create consistent high quality chances. And the one we did get, the Trossard one, we didn't put away. So you get really hyper fixated on that. But I think that is my slight concern this season is the consistent high quality chances, in my opinion, are not free flowing per se. And I'm not sure what the solution is. It's just, it's something that I feel I've consistently said this season. And I feel like a lot of people have kind of just said, no, it's fine. Kind of, we've got control. We're playing high up and uh, it's, just, which is fine. But you also, Arteta used to talk about scoring a hundred goals, not getting that vibe this season. And uh, I get there's that kind of level of control and you kind of kill them by suffocation, but, the goals are still very important in trying to what's our ob, what's our objective of trying to challenge on multiple fronts. And uh, I know we scored four at Bournemouth, but the cynical and you could say two penalties, um, which I don't, I'm not saying, but it's there's a concern there for me. Um, but it's one of those against PSV at home. We look like we're world beaters, so it's just one of those. Just need to consistently see us creating good chances, I guess, but. To summarise the week, I'd say Bournemouth away, brilliant, as good as it can get. Uh, Lens away, not so good. Um, and hopefully just put it down to experience. And it's still a young group, uh, despite the kind of tactical and technical aptitude being one of the best around. That will be a new experience for a lot of them. So one thing they have shown us is they do learn from previous encounters and mistakes. So that's all we can ask from them. Um, it's... Obviously, it was helpful, severe, and PSV drew as well. So not the end of the world in terms of the wider group. But it is a, it is a little bump in the road. So obviously, it's a big game on the, on Sunday against Man City. So I'll be doing the preview pod for that. So yeah, should timestamp time stamp this. This is Thursday the 5th. Uh, I'll be doing the City preview on Friday the 6th tomorrow. Uh, huge game. Obviously, a lot of eyes on the Saka injury, hoping he's fit. They're with they're without Rodri, so be interesting to see what he does if he goes party Rice Odegaard because uh, I know Havertz got his first goal, but he's he's still not quite there for me in my opinion. I think this is going to be a longer process than I think most of us want it to be in terms of adaptation and really coming to his own and that. So yeah, we'll see how that goes. 
But um, yeah, like I said, so I don't know if there's new people watching this. I don't know if there's um, our regular listeners, but so for the regulars, they know what to expect most weeks. Uh, but for anyone new here, uh, yeah, if you weren't here at the start, essentially, uh, I am one half of the pod, uh, the Arsenal Bite Size podcast, and usually joined by my co-host Nima. And we do a weekly preview and a weekly review of every Premier League game. And then obviously we try to tie it in with the European fixtures as well. Um, Nima's been unavailable, so I've gone solo. So yeah, give me feedback on how you found this. It was a more informal chat as opposed to the, the kind of statistical deep dives and looking at passing networks and tactical analysis we usually do. Um, but yeah, give us feedback. And if you enjoyed it, obviously it really helps us if you give the uh, give the stream a like, hit, hit subscribe to the channel so you don't miss future videos. If you've enjoyed it, if you agreed with anything, even disagreed, like it's, I think that's one of the things I enjoy about football is kind of healthy debate with people that see the game in a different light to you, but hopefully educate you in a kind of polite way. So yeah, if you've enjoyed it, please drop a like and subscribe. And uh, thanks a lot. And yeah, I'll be back for the City Preview tomorrow and then Nima will be back next week where we will hopefully be reviewing a big important result on Sunday against City up the Arsenal <laughs>